0: Hi, welcome to Between Two Worlds. I'm Tim Segedin, pastor and business owner. And in these sessions, I'll be taking time to talk to Christian business leaders about their stories of faith, risk and breakthrough and discuss insights into the world of business. I know our guests will encourage, inspire and challenge you. And today I've got a good friend of mine, Jono Wood, sharing with us. Jono has 25 years experience in business. is one of the most creative people I know. He's always got a building project on the go, and he's five years into building the Nut Brother brand, which you will have seen in supermarkets across Auckland and the country. Hey, Jono, thanks for joining me today for a chat.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: No, it's good. We're going to have some fun. Now, Jono, for those who don't know you, can you just tell us a bit about your family, um, what you do for fun, maybe some of your restoration
1: projects? Yeah, sure. Um, I've got a wife, Caroline. We've been married for 20 years and I've got three beautiful kids. Emily's 16, uh, Cooper's 13 and Riley's 10. Um, we spend a lot of time um, doing projects and stuff like that. We we have done lots of different sort of restorations and I think we just like renovating things. So, you know, whether it's building pizza ovens or working on caravans and stuff like that, we're always busy. So, um, busy yeah, busy with church and busy with business and busy with the family. So when you've got three kids, it's always busy.
0: Um, uh, John, I, I have your wife regularly in my ear um, uh, asking me to talk some sense into you about a trade mead that you're currently looking at. Um, uh, I remember walking around to your house one day and there's about three boats in the um, backyard in various stages of progression. I so admire that about you um, uh, and... Uh, Have you got a um, favourite that you've been working on in the past season?
1: Oh yeah, I've um, I've just finished doing up a little um, like a little Mac three point six meter boat which is all ready to take out. And um, now that we've dropped to uh, level level three, we're allowed to take it out. So I've got to get it in the water. So I'm looking forward to doing that.
0: Excellent! You can give PDJ
1: some competition
0: with the fish. Hey, um, now. Tell us a little bit about your background and where in the food industry, you know, you've spent your time, uh, the experiences you've gained.
1: Sure. I, um, originally I did a property degree and um, I I did a few years, sort of one year here, one year there. And then I got a job um, with Barker's Jams and the guy that employed me did a personality profile that explained that I was a creative and a bit of an explorer promoter. So um, you know I, I went and raw learned a lot about um, the food industry I had no experience so I did a couple of years in New Zealand then we moved, Caroline and I moved to Sydney in the year 2000 and uh, I moved from retail which is jars of jam to uh, industrial which is buckets of jam so I was supplying you know tons and tons of, of fruit jam that was going into baked products then after six years with them we we had a half a year off and then I got a job with a food ingredients company, which was probably the biggest learning experience for me in the food industry. So, you know, that was starting to manage contracts of nuts, dried fruit, seeds and grains to a lot of big manufacturers in Sydney. And I was really fortunate after a couple of years with them in Sydney, they had an Auckland office that we could come back home to. So after sort of seven years in Sydney, we came back to New Zealand, and that's probably where I really cut my teeth, sort of helping them grow the New Zealand business from, in the ingredient side of things, from about 10 to 30 million over 10 years. So that's managing big, big contracts of, of tons and tons of diced dates, uh, peanuts, almonds. You know, you think of any product, food product manufactured in New Zealand, my job was to deal with all of those guys and, and manage their contracts. And
0: by that, you're dealing with um, uh, suppliers and end users.
1: Yeah, and and so so the the customers, whether they were making chocolate bars or muesli bars or loaves of bread, they would have um, different touch points within their business. But I would deal with the new product developers and the procurement managers. So these guys would say, "Hey, we want to make a new chocolate bar with uh, pear and pistachio." So my job was to explain to them how to supply those products from, you know, the USA or Iran or wherever, and what the complications were, and whether it was a high-risk product to use or not, and they would work with all the food trends, and I would say, well, yeah, we can supply, you know, however many tons of pistachios you need, and um, I just had to manage that supply, and make sure they'd never run out, and I learned a lot about food ingredients, whether it was dried fruit, uh, seeds, and and nuts and stuff like that. So I got a a sort of, I did 15 years with that business and I I really got to understand all the manufacturers in New Zealand.
0: And as we've talked, it's um, obviously
1: understanding that
0: that product um, side of the business, but there's so much people um, uh, and elements involved as well, the the softer skills that you've learned over the
1: years. Yeah, well, I think when I started selling, um, my, my property degree, I started selling real estate. No one teaches you how to sell. You don't learn how to sell at school. You don't learn how to sell at university. So I think the actual art of actually the, the science behind selling and actually, you know, um, and, and, and basically just having chemistry with clients so that, you know, they trust you. you. You fix a problem and then they come back to you because life is all about fixing other people's problems when you're in sales. So yeah, good experience. Oh, I
0: love that. Life's about fixing problems.
1: So again, you
0: were in property. You fell into the food industry. Um, and from what I see, you obviously love it. I mean, there's a lesson there for some of the young graduates coming out today. You never know where you're going to end up.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So um, uh, for, for you, do you, do you ever regret going away from property? Or you've
1: uh, just... It's an interesting question. I sometimes wonder if we... Um you know, if we had uh, the, the, the money we put into Nature's Foods and Nut Brothers, had we just gone and, because um, it, it's not just about me, I've got business partners, I've got, um, you know, three other business partners, we we could have put that money into the Auckland property market, probably would have done just, <laughs> just as good or better, but no, I have no regrets, I, I think um, food is a lot more creative, um, for me, it's a lot more fun.
0: No, that's awesome, Jono, well, talk to us about, bouting up brothers about starting. So you had 15 years in this business and then made the decision, hey, um, I want to start my own thing. How did that come about? And what was involved in that process of transition?
1: Yeah, well, um, it's really difficult because the older you get, the bigger your mortgage is, the larger your family is, the more sort of um, responsibilities you have, the harder it is to just throw that in and um, and go cold turkey and start a business. So I, I had this idea, and um, and I knew I'd help make this other business um, quite a bit of growth and money. So I kind of thought um, I was sort of challenged sitting in church. Um, um, Pastor Paul would say, you know, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And and most Sundays I'd come home from church and I'd be thinking, I mean, I love my job working for another company, but um, you know if you want the boat and the batch and other things you're going to have to do something differently to scale personal wealth and growth and so for me i had to do it as a side hustle so got together with a couple of friends and i said hey, i've got this idea and um i thought we would start at the farmers markets and one of the business partners who's um pretty clever guy said no no we should we should aim Aim, aim for the stars, and we might hit the moon. You know, let's let's go big, and let's like present to the big guys. <laughs> and I and I was like, okay, so um, we developed a, a, a brand, and we developed the product range, and all the cool flavors. And um, at that time, there was really only peanut butter. Also,
0: oh, but actually, just in terms of what what the products are that you were selling.
1: Yeah. So when we when we first sat down with one of the um, bigger supermarket chains um, we'd sort of developed um, so to back up a bit I, I, I kind of thought that peanut butter was a, a, a cool product it was um, it was it was roasting and grinding nuts putting it in a jar but um, the challenge was at that time there was really only just peanut butter crunchy and smooth there was no chocolate uh, there was there was no other flavors um, almond butter was in health so, almond butter wasn't in the spreads category, it was around the corner in health. And so, we actually sat down and we said, We think there's this really cool opportunity because, um, you know, there's either peanut butter from China um, or, or there's the, the main big brand in New Zealand that's made in New Zealand. Um, and so, we, yeah, so we, we developed the range, which, you know, had a bunch of cool flavors like smoking chipotle and chocolate and um, crunchy and smooth and some almond butters. And um, we sort of presented the idea that, you know, we could develop a premium mainstream range of products that um, that would be different. And we, we, we were really uh, blessed to be given the opportunity to go from... So are you manage-
0: actually going with samples and you go and pitch or yeah. not yeah. concepts and ideas? It's, it's a brand you're selling yeah. or...
1: Yeah, yeah. So we, we basically had a, a pitch that basically sort of said, here's where we think the opportunity sits. And at that time, there was a lot of product being made in China. And then there was, um, you know, the, the main big brand in New Zealand that was made in New Zealand. Um, but but we saw that there was an opportunity to you know, go for a bigger play in, in something different and something innov- innovative. And um, yeah, we were really, yeah, we sat waiting for a couple of months and then we got a uh, a phone call or an email saying, yeah, we'll, we'll give you guys a go. So we literally went from um, not having any customers to having, I think it was 180 plus supermarkets that we had to switch supply onto. But even for us then, it wasn't um, wasn't complicated because we had everything set up to do it properly at scale. Um, so it was more more fun than anything else. It was like, hey, we can do this and turning it on. And it was
0: still a side hustle,
1: wasn't it? yes well for for some of us it it was and and for one of the guys he sort of stepped on first um you know um it was a pretty simple business at the beginning we were just um making you know three or four pallets and then make another three or four pallets and it would just keep cycling around so one by one uh, we we had to sort of step across and um and i was fortunate a couple of years ago to go full-time in the business so yeah it was it was good because I didn't have to quit my career job and go cold turkey. We got the opportunity to set it up so that one by one we could um, step into the business.
0: Now, you keep saying that, um, you know, at the start it was a simple business, uh, so implying that it's not necessarily now. What's happened in this last five years? What's what's made it more complicated?
1: Oh, um, I think the scale. You just continue to grow. Um, supply chain challenges. There's a lot of supply chain challenges at the moment. So... To sort of to counter those challenges, you um, you've got to sort of step up and buy multiple hundred tons of, of of peanuts at one time to know that you're never going to run out, and that's a bit scary uh, when you don't um, when you don't have a supply contract to you know you don't have supply agreements. You just you're as good as as you your performance. So you've really got to take some big moves you know at the beginning you're buying nuts locally without any contracts and then over time you start committing to like some pretty massive volumes of of product and that that does get get a bit scary sometimes well you okay
0: have there been any really
1: um close
0: moments when you think hey we've we've really stuffed this um we've, we've played it too close to the edge
1: no um no i think that's part of um being risk averse you know you, you want to make sure that you don't sort of face those prop problems yeah there there were some scary times i think last year during covid we uh we thought we were going to run out of jars Um, (laughs) and we were really pushing our our local jar supplier that um we we wanted to confirm some shipments that weren't being confirmed there were a lot of dramas happening so you know the idea of running out of jars um is not a lot of fun that is certainly not a lot of fun at all no i
0: imagine that's quite a key component of the whole process. Yeah, we've
1: got a a pretty unique jar so if you if you don't have that jar you're um you're not making product if you're not making product you're in a whole lot of trouble so but yeah we um you know we we front load a lot of stuff we make sure that we're really um handsomely covered with supply and um yeah you just um you just gotta you know make sure that you you plan well yeah
0: that's awesome Jono that's awesome um now I see you as an ideas guy. Every time we talk, have a coffee, you're talking about something new, whether it's the business or um, a, a project, an opportunity. Uh, how have you c- c- cultivated such a creative outlook on life?
1: <laughs> well, I think I'm just pretty unique. I like uh, From a young age, I've, I always loved, I think, being a kid in the in the 80s, you sort of you grow up on that sort of US sitcom TV, and I just loved you know, like advertising was really heavy, you know, so I grew up loving TV adverts and, 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 and brands and, you know, Coca-Cola and Nike and, and, and so I've always loved advertising. I've loved um, sort of creative thinking and yeah, I've just, I just have a crazy mind. I think a lot of people just relax and watch TV. I, I will, You know, I'll scroll through Pinterest and just look at cool ideas, and 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 um, I have a back catalogue of ideas that have never um, come to fruition because I just haven't had enough time or or money or energy to to take them to market. But I think that's part of the cool thing about um, Nature's Foods, which is the business that owns Nut Brothers, is that it's created an outlet where, um, yeah, if you talk to the right people, you can you can really pursue whatever you can dream up, and, and, and some of them will fail and some of them will succeed. The, the idea is just to have more good ideas than bad ideas. So, yeah, it's fun.
0: Hey, now you mentioned there that you have a back catalogue um, of ideas, concepts. What, what disciplines have you put in place You know, around your creativity? So it's not just something that um, is random and it sounds like there's
1: a bit of a system to it. Yeah, I think that's one of the challenges because, uh, like, our the business partners are, you know, they complement me. So uh, if I'm the creative, then we've 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 got a guy that's good with numbers and finance, and and someone who's good with um, operations and planning. And I think the challenge for my business partners is to to rein me in, um, and just stop having ideas all the time. So from a business perspective, <laughs> uh, we've got to actually try and you know pursue the ideas that really are the best ideas. And we have, we have a lot of ideas that just get pushed to the back. On a personal level, I I just have a lot of personal ideas where you know, whether it's a, a brand for a lawn mowing guy or whether it's whatever, I just I just um I've always loved drawing and I've always loved journaling kind of ideas. So a lot of those are just whether they were, you know, coffee brands or or, or ideas for cafes or whatever, I, I think I've just um been far too creative. <laughs> so
0: now, does your faith come into that process at all? Um, uh, again, your um, personal relationship with God, um, the Holy Spirit. Is, is there an element where you see creativity coming through um, your Christian faith?
1: Yeah, well, for a long time, I uh, actually felt like I would talk to God and I'm like, oh, why have I got all these ideas if nothing's going to happen? You know, because I had no outlet for them. And um on a personal level, it was really challenging because it was almost like, oh, don't give me more ideas because these, this is just really embarrassing. I just have heaps of ideas and, and I think that's one of the challenges in, 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 in maturity and, and in growing up and then taking risks is that um, you know, you, you need to apply focus to one idea and, um, and I think that's what starting this business helped me do. You know, I had some disciplines with some business partners to actually say, well, hang on, let's just stick to peanut butter and And let's just uh, let's give it a name, and we all decided, yeah, Nut Brothers was cool, and and then it was like, you know, let's just put four flavors, or you know, like so. There were some boundaries put in place there, but um, yeah, I think um, yeah, I I I now sort of see it as a as a blessing to be creative, but you know, you've still got to narrow the focus, I think.
0: Well, actually, it's a really good point with regarding narrowing the focus and. I guess, landing on something to pursue, to take to next steps. Have you um, or your, your business partners got a process around how that works?
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting because you can have a really cool idea that just has a really small market. So um, and I see a lot of these on Instagram where you're like, oh wow, that's a really cool dog cookie that someone's doing, but um, they're doing it on a really small scale and they don't have scalability and so this, I think they're struggling to grow their business. It's a really cool idea, but um, they're just pursuing a, a really small outlet. Whereas now, because we're dealing with the supermarkets, you really want to develop an idea that's going to work there. And that that is challenging, too. If you produce a product that really just doesn't, doesn't have the sales volume, you know, then it will not survive. Because um, the real estate in a supermarket is, is really valuable. So... If your peanut butter is not selling enough, they'd rather sell more strawberry jam because that will sell, or something else. So um, I, I think the challenge is to is to pursue ideas that have got scalability, and that's the challenge for us now. So yeah, we um, we um, it's difficult because when you want to be an innovator, you want to bring something new to to a, a big customer, but at the same time you want it to to succeed. So um, the challenge there is. Um, you know, but they take a risk with you, so I think um, I So, think, so to, Jono, to, for
0: young um, business people starting out, uh, you really would when they've got great ideas suggest that they do really look at the market and the scale of um, potential and that's going to be a key factor in that process
1: um, Yeah um, but there's, there's, it, it's, it's hard without an example, but yeah, you definitely you definitely want to be doing something different to your competition. So whether you're mowing lawns or or, or whether you're cleaning windows or whatever you're doing, um, you you've just you've got to come up with um, what I think is more of a complete package. You know, so it's 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 how you look, it's how you're branded, it's how you how you treat your clients, it's the little things that you do differently to the other guy that I think sets you up to be successful. And then also how you can replicate that. But not everyone wants to own and franchise, you know, a lawn mowing or a window cleaning operation. They just want to do their thing, and it really comes down to the individual. But if if you want to go big, I would I would pull apart every every part of what you do and and examine it all. Yeah. Hey, Jono, uh, can you just um, tell us about one
0: of the opportunities that you've shared with me recently, which I think has gone to market? Um, t- tell us about Mutt Butter which would seem a little bit more left field than others.
1: Yeah, um, again, that's, I think that's a little, the cool story, It's. I think it's a bit more about how, um, I think uh, Murray Tom said, this year's success creates next year's opportunity. And I think that Nut Butter is a really good example of that. So obviously we've sort of done okay with, with Nut Brothers and um, you develop some credibility, some reliability in what you're doing. And um, one of our customers, the um, the person looking after the the breakfast spreads category was shifting to look after another category, which was pet food. And uh, in that kind of meeting where they were explaining that they were moving on and we'd get a new person look after us in breakfast spreads, she said, I'm going to manage pet food. My business partner said, oh, tell her about your idea. And I was like, what idea? And he said, you know, for the dogs, and I said, oh yeah, well I've always wanted to do a peanut butter for dogs because dogs love peanut butter. It's good for them. They go crazy about it. Um, we've had a few people on on our Nut Brothers social media sort of show pictures of their dogs finishing off the jar of peanut butter, and I said I really think there's an opportunity in New Zealand to do a peanut butter for dogs because um, it's big in the States. It's it's happening in Australia and. Um, and she just cracked up laughing and said, that's a great idea. So she said, wait until, you know, I've shifted and I'm looking after the other category and let's talk. And and then COVID started to happen. And, and so we, we had to catch up and we pitched this really cool concept of mutt butter. But at the same time, I I knew a factory that could make uh, cookies. And so I was like, could we present a, a, a peanut butter cookie for dogs? And... And she was like, yeah, whatever you want to present, just present it. So we put together this concept and um, we do these really small, really simple peanut butter cookies made with oats, peanut butter, molasses, and, and a little bit of canola oil. And um, that that product has gone on to do really well. Um, peanut butter for dogs is challenging because, you know a dog will take a month to go through a jar of peanut butter. Whereas a <laughs> family will smash a jar in a week, a dog will take a month. So the sort of repeat purchases on peanut butter for dogs isn't, isn't awesome. But what it's done is it's created a branding opportunity for a cookie that is just good fun. And yeah, we're just, you know, um, we're just developing a, a little community of people that love this, this brand and love the products. And you know, it's, it's a real blessing because you go from a very competitive um, peanut butter category where there's some really tough competition to um, having this little niche in pet food, which is creating more opportunities there for that brand. So I, you know, I recall a really cool quote from Steve Jobs uh, at Apple and he, he said, most people live within this, this framework or this box of life, where they're taught how to behave and how to live. And he, he said, once you realize that you can poke life and something pops out the other side, um, it really changes your whole perspective of the world. And I think that's been part of my journey with Nature's Foods and with Nut Brothers and Mutt Butter, is that you can actually um, you can actually do stuff that creates opportunities that you just wouldn't imagine. Um, yeah. yeah, And that's the cool part of it is, is Nut Butters just you know once you give something a name, it be, it can become something and and it's a bit like Nut Brothers like it, for me it was an idea for years and then we sat down with some friends and they were like hey should we call it Nut Brothers and we were like cool so the next time we got together it was Nut Brothers and it's a bit like this Mutt Butter it's like um, you give it a name and then it gathers momentum it's more than just an idea it's now got a name and uh, there's something about that I think it's 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 really cool so. Yeah, it's, um, it's not easy. I'm, I'm blessed to have good business partners that you know, work together. Uh, we work together as a team. But yeah, it's, it's, it's good fun.
0: No, it does seem like there's been some ups and downs over the last five years. Um, one of them I do want to ask you about, because amongst the craziness of you know, starting building this brand, you received a bombshell diagnosis at the start of last year. Can you tell us a little bit about that and its impact?
1: Yeah, well, um, just to back it up a bit, um, I first got diagnosed with testicular cancer in 2013. So that was when I was working for this food ingredients business and had this dream of peanut butter. So I think for me, that whole episode was really quick. It It was about two or three weeks from being diagnosed, having some surgery, and then then having follow-up tests and not having cancer anymore. So um, I was really fortunate that um, that little episode in 2013 gave me, gave me the kick to kind of chase and push to have nut, nature's foods and nut brothers start. And then I went through five-plus years of being checked and scanned, and pretty much the, the hospital said, listen, you, you're clear. You, are, you do not have cancer. You've been checked for over five years. So then last year, I think it was sort of September last year, actually, it was, it was a bit sooner, um, I got diagnosed with a golf ball-sized lymph tumor um, behind my aorta and in front of my spine that had come about from the testicular cancer I had seven years ago. So they pretty much say, uh, if you get testicular cancer and you have an operation, if it's going to come back, it'll come back within two years. But my immunity had kept it at bay for seven years, and then it came back. And that was, I remember sort of saying to someone, you know, it was like from a, from a faith perspective, it was like the cancer I had seven years ago, it was like climbing a mountain. And I remember sort of saying, you know, like, like it's like saying, I hate climbing mountains. I don't like climbing mountains. I don't want to climb mountains. And God, you know, I don't like climbing mountains. And then seven years later, you get presented with Everest and you're like, (laughs) God, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to do to me? You know, the Bible says that he won't put you through anything you can't handle. So, and it was, it was like being hit by a bus because it was much more frightening. Um, It was, you know, being behind my aorta in front of my spine. It wasn't like an easy fix. Even the specialists were I could see the whites in their eyes that they were a bit freaked out. Um, they weren't sure if they could do a biopsy. There was a lot of conjecture about whether it would be radiation or chemo or surgery. There were a lot of people praying for me, um, and it was a real, it was a real deep um, sort of time from a faith point of view. You know, you have to shift from being freaked out and loaded with fear. To having faith and actually trusting that god will see you through so um, anyway yeah that and i'm blessed to have a different business model if i was a solo entrepreneur on my own i would have just been completely derailed from a business perspective but because yeah we that whole model of being a sole entrepreneur it's sort kind of faded a bit there are guys that can do it but uh, a lot of successful businesses are built around having a really strong team and, and a team with different strengths so I was really blessed that um, that that last year, and I had my big surgery in in January um, this year. Um, but I'm really blessed to have business partners that could step in and, and continue to run the business while I was sort of seeing specialists, and then you know I was out of out of action for six weeks following my surgery. So, yeah, um, yeah, but you know. I mean it's massive, Jono, in terms
0: of what you walked through, um, and. Uh, I, I, again, I, I spent a little bit of time with you, and um, even amongst that, you're coming up with ideas, and just had such a, I think, a positive outlook on the whole ordeal. Um, so again, key learnings for you is again having those people around you when you're building a business, some some resilience. But but then on a personal level, what what did you learn about your yourself, and what? Um, you were capable of or What did God speak to you about
1: in that time? Oh, I would, <laughs> it's funny, someone, I heard um, someone once say, um, the healthy man wants a thousand things and the unhealthy man only wants one thing. And I think when you get diagnosed with um, a pretty scary cancer situation, you really only want one thing and nothing else is really important, you know? So money uh, your business all that kind of stuff just fades to the background uh your, your only thoughts are about um survival um yeah so i mean from a from a faith point of view I, I was just it was pretty raw you know um i was just um completely thrown on the slab and and um and just you know desperately just crying out to god and just saying hey you know this is really really Um, horrible but but you know after a couple of days of being shell-shocked um it it was just all about understanding and i I read psalm 91 like a million times and and pretty much i just i just decided you know what i I can't have fear i need to have faith and and that sort of carries through um even now you know when i wake up in the morning i'm just um i'm just thankful um for the day and um and when things get scary in business or whatever, I, I'm—I think I'm so much closer uh, in just my—just my just relationship and trust with God that I don't—that um, I don't need to carry those weights of, of freaking out in business or anything like that. I just go, you know what? Um, you know, God's—God's God's got everything. God's got this, so I don't—I don't necessarily freak out as much as I used to. Um, I think it gives you a lot of perspective when you go through something like that. You're just really happy to have the day, you know.
0: John, that is awesome and uh, a great place for us to end and uh, a lesson for all of us as business people. um, You are a mighty man. You're an awesome businessman. And look, we do wish nature's food um, all the best and um, just looking forward to the next crazy idea. That um, uh, comes out of that amazing mind of yours. Um, any last advice for um, your twenty-year-old self?
1: Oh, I I think, I, well, if it was talking to me as, as a twenty-year-old, I would just say have more confidence and, and back yourself. Um, I think we are taught to sort of live a safe life and 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 you know i was encouraged by my parents you know you know you need to do well at school you need to go to university you need to get a degree and and so i sort of did all those safe things so i think my encouragement to myself as a 20 year old or any other young person is you know have more confidence back yourself you you can't be silly you can't take risks you you need to be well planned in what you're doing but but definitely um you know i didn't sort of get into nature's foods until i was quite a lot older um i would have loved to have started it uh, a lot a lot sooner, uh, a lot younger. So yeah, I think being a bit cautious for too long is probably not a good thing. I, I think if you've got a dream, you've got to work on it now. Don't leave it too long. Great
0: piece of advice. Great piece of advice. Hey, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being so open. Um, and just want to say thanks to everyone who is listening. Until next time, we will catch you later.